you, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Ready PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Stay by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real to Us Show, episode number five hundred ninety-one for June tenth, twenty twenty-one. This is your NXT Takeover in Your House, two thousand twenty-one preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show, Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, are you ready to be in your house, my friend? Um, in, in my house? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm always prepared to be in my house. Uh, the WWE house? Yeah, I'd be, that, that's fine with me as well, as long as they don't turn around and fire me and, and kick me out of the building. But yeah, he, anybody's house. I'm good. It's, it's raining a lot. I'm, I, I prefer being indoors. Any interest in uh, winning the house from WWE, since it's in your uh, house? I don't, are, they doing the, are they doing a house giveaway this year? No, no, they only did that at 95 to kick it all off. Yeah, and then didn't uh, Major League Baseball steal that for a couple of years during the Home Run Derby? Uh, yeah, they were, actually. They were doing that during the Home Run Derby. Yeah, it's like, oh, some, somebody's giving out somebody a house. So, uh, with, But with housing prices right now, you have to cut about four more superstars to pay for it. And that's in a whole other podcast. Real estate still is still real to us uh, with Dr. Trey and I, which will be uh, following this podcast, our real estate podcast between Dr. Trey and I. Uh, Dr. Trey, let's get into it, my friend. SummerSlam. Lots of news in regard to SummerSlam. It was announced it will be in Las Vegas, Nevada, at uh, Allegiant Stadium, where the Oakland, or the former Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders, play. Uh, so it's it's almost WrestleMania-like. And according to reports, WWE is reportedly working on WrestleMania-level plans for SummerSlam 2021. According to Wrestling Inc., WWE officials are reporting to looking to make SummerSlam into a WrestleMania-level event this year. It was reported on Wednesday how many how multiple sources indicate that WWE is 100% attempting to make SummerSlam this year's WrestleMania, according to WrestleVotes on Twitter. It was noted that all resources will be tapped into the, into for the biggest pay-per-view of the summer. Uh, it was discussed last week how a rumored main event for SummerSlam is returning is a returning John Cena versus WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Another rumor is that rapper Cardi B will be brought on as the host of the big event. 
this new report indicates that WWE does want Cena versus Reigns to headline SummerSlam, but there's no word on if that has been decided. Uh, and if that is the direction, WWE will attempt to pack Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas for SummerSlam, the first time the event has been held in an NFL stadium. The event will be held at full capacity. It is scheduled for Saturday, August 21st. Uh, while SummerSlam 1992 took place on a Saturday in the UK, this will be the first time that SummerSlam airs on a Saturday. Tickets go on sale Friday, June 18th. Dr. Trey, you got family in Las Vegas. Uh, WrestleMania-level plans for SummerSlam. How's that make you feel? Uh, you know, I'm excited for it. So my family's actually in Reno. Uh, so that's about eight hours North. Uh, secondly, if they heard you say Nevada, they would shoot you. I'm a northerner. Uh, yeah. So if you're actually in the state, it's Nevada because they're A's, not O's. Uh, so, but yeah, outside of that, like I, I'm super excited for this. Like a, I mean, Elysian stadium is gorgeous. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it packed out. Um, I was surprised. I didn't realize this is the first SummerSlam in a football stadium. Like that kind of, I, I didn't realize that. And then when you start thinking about the locations they've had, it's like, yeah, it's usually arenas, definitely not stadiums. So, uh, you know, the, the rumored main event, I'm excited for that because I think this is the best Roman Reigns we've ever seen. And a returning John Cena would be fun. Um, not sure if I like the Cardi B aspect of it because I, I like hosts who actually know wrestling. And I don't know if, Cardi B is a big wrestling fan. I actually uh, think she may be, believe it or not. I think she might be people that like grew up on wrestling yeah. and went away from wrestling. You know, those kind of people. Like yes. everybody you meet goes, Oh, I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. And then it just makes Jeff and I feel like idiots for still watching, you know, forty you know, thirty and forty years later. Yeah. True. Uh, but you know, like I, I'm I'm excited for this. Like if, if they go all out for this now. I'm assuming it's just one night because if it's WrestleMania, that's usually two nights now. But if they just do one night, load the card down um, on a Saturday, which means I can recover on Sunday from staying up all night to watch it and not drag myself into work at four o'clock in the morning. Like, that's even better. So I, I'm really excited about their plans for SummerSlam so far. I know there's a big boxing match uh, that Saturday night as well. And according to reports, I can't think of who it is, but I think it's I think it may be Pacquiao, actually. Um and uh, that when is when is uh the 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 gypsy guy fighting tyson oh fury. uh tyson fury fury i'm not sure i'm not a big uh, boxing fan so yeah he had a match with uh anthony joshua coming up this summer so maybe that's the crossover fight maybe maybe i thought it was pacquiao for some reason but nonetheless it's supposed to start at 11 and according to reports, SummerSlam will be over before the main event of the boxing match takes place. Everybody could go over to go watch the boxing match. So, uh, big gamble for WWE. I think this is uh, WWE's way of saying that like we're back by having SummerSlam in an NFL stadium. Uh, it'll be interesting to note if this is like a long time thing now for SummerSlam. I saw SummerSlam at Barclays a couple years ago. Like Dr. Trey said, they've been tied to arenas the entire time. The only time that they try to venture out into uh, at football stadiums is WrestleMania. So they're going pretty big. Uh, are fans clamoring to get back to wrestling? Or, or did fans miss live events? Uh, will they have 80,000 people in the stands? Will they? It, this, is, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, big time gamble here by WWE parts uh, in many levels coming out of the pandemic, still in the pandemic, depending on how you look at it. 
the boxing event that's taking place in the same town. Las Vegas is known to not be the greatest of draws for professional wrestling as well. So big gamble here. So the only way they can accomplish this is WrestleMania level plans, which takes us to our next story here, because when you have John Cena's name thrown out there and you got WrestleMania level plans, there's probably just one more person missing in regards to uh, being at SummerSlam this year. And that is one Brock Lesnar. Uh, WWE officials reportedly want a big feud for Brock Lesnar. Uh, this comes to us from Wrestling Inc. There are reports. Uh, there are reportedly people within WWE who want to save Brock Lesnar's return for a big match against WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Lesnar's been rumored to return to WWE for the upcoming SummerSlam pay-per-view, but that has not been confirmed. It was recently reported that Lesnar was mentioned early on in discussions for potential SummerSlam plans as the company wanted to do something with him on the biggest show of the summer, but nothing is official. There have been rumors and speculation on Lesnar possibly challenging WWE champion Bobby Lashley, something Lashley himself has wanted for the past several years. In an update, Lesnar versus Lashley was not planned for SummerSlam as of last week, according to Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event podcast. Bringing Lesnar back will be a decision made by WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, and the Lashley match could happen at any time, but the company has not called Lesnar to return at SummerSlam as of last week, according to this new report. Furthermore, it was noted that there are forces within WWE that don't want Lesnar brought back until Reigns is ready to feud with him. There's no word on when that might be, but Lesnar versus Reigns for the title will be a SummerSlam or WrestleMania-level match. Lesnar's been away from WWE since dropping the WWE title to Drew McIntyre in the main event of WrestleMania 36, Night 2 in 2020. His WWE contract reportedly expired last August within the two, without the two sides agreeing on new terms despite negotiations. At that time, Lesnar's merchandise was removed from WWE's shop, but he remains a member of the Raw roster as of this writing. While Lesnar's deal expired last year, it's always been expected that he will return to WWE eventually. Dr. Trey, Brock, he's on the sidelines. Do you call him in from the bullpen for SummerSlam 2021? Uh, I mean, if you're going to go all out like WrestleMania level, then yeah, go ahead and call him in. It's just, once again, finding the right dance partner for him. And and we've seen them struggle at times with it before. Like certain guys, he gets excited to wrestle. And other guys, he's kind of ho-hum. And that makes the match fall down. But then where's the Paul Heyman equation fall into it? Because... Do you have Brock go out and cut his own promos heading into a SummerSlam match, or do you make Heyman work both shows and have him work, you know, have, have Lesnar on the Raw brand and you know Reigns on SmackDown? It's, it's an interesting mix of how they want to pull this off because you know we just mentioned this might be the best version of Roman we've ever seen, uh, which means that you don't want to take Paul Heyman out of the Roman corner, but you don't really want Lesnar cutting his own promos because that's not his strong suit. So um, to me, Lashley versus Lesnar is the, is the one thing I'd get really excited for because, you know, similar backgrounds, similar skill sets, similar size. Like that's one that on paper I, I would be really stoked for. But outside of that, when you look at who's, who's left on the roster, I, I don't know who else I want to see Lesnar fight. Uh, outside of maybe a Kevin Owens, because uh, we've already seen him fight AJ, we've seen him fight Drew McIntyre, uh, we've seen him fight Roman several times, we've seen him fight Seth. Like, who are your next upper level guys that you could put in there and the fans buy in and go, yeah, I want to see that match? Let me throw out some names because I do want to see Lesnar versus Lashley. I think that would be a fun dream match for SummerSlam and something that could fit under the bill of a uh, Cena versus Reigns matchup. Would you want to see Cena, or excuse me, Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre again? Um, possibly. Um, I, I, once again, I think you, if it's 
McIntyre versus Heyman without, or I mean, excuse me, with, versus Lesnar without Heyman, not really, because Drew's promos are really good. I, I, I kind of want to see that battle. Uh, I, I think it'd be a very compelling story for Lesnar seeking revenge for the WrestleMania loss. So I would say probably, I, I would say thumbs up to that one. Maybe like 70% want to see it and 30% miss it. All right. What about Lesnar versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt? Uh, yeah, I think that'd be great on the, in the sense of the facials. Brock has great facial expressions. So every time the theme would do something crazy and, and weird leading up to the match, I can just see the expressions on, on Lesnar's face, like kind of like what he had with The Undertaker back in the day. And then lastly here, Lesnar versus Goldberg. God, no. God, <laughs> Come on, why not? I would rather see Lesnar versus Shane McMahon. Oh wow! You went you went toe for toe there with me in sarcastic Lesnar matchups. Well played, Doctor Trey. Well played. Um, next story here, and, and interesting because it blends in with Brock Lesnar uh, on his wife's Twitch feed recently. It was revealed that Alicia Black was in line at one point to potentially be involved with Brock Lesnar in a feud with him at some point. He was very high on Paul Heyman's list when it came to the uh, Raw roster. When Paul Heyman was the executive director of Raw, if you go back to that period of time when Heyman was running Raw, uh, he had like this core group of, of guys that were starting to be built up. It was like Alistair Black, Umberto Carrillo, Buddy Murphy, and uh, it was really exciting. And two of those three people now I just I just revealed are were have been since released by WWE. Uh, Braun Strowman was very, very surprising, as we discussed on last week's show, as was Aleister Black, since he just became this new Dark Father storyline, took out Big E, cost Big E the opportunity to regain the Intercontinental Championship against Paulo Cruz a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, so it made zero sense as to why they were releasing him when he was on the sideline the entire time, and they didn't release him back in those April cuts. Well, there's talk right now that WWE may want to bring back Aleister Black, as this comes to us from Wrestling Inc., there's said to be a feeling among some within WWE that Alistair Black, uh, I guess now known as Tommy End again, should be brought back. Black was released back on June 2nd along with several other WWE superstars as part of budget cuts. PW Insider now reports that in certain corners of the company there has been talk that Black was cut prematurely and a push for WWE officials to bring him back. It was known that as of the shock of the recent WWE releases starts to wear off, there's a feeling that out of everyone released on June 2nd, Black was cut too soon. It was more the victim of broken promises and the start-stop creative process more than anything he did on his own. It remains to be seen if WWE will bring Black back, but has re- he has revealed that there were creative plans for him when he was released, past the SmackDown arrival he made in late May to attack Big E. Black is reportedly under a 90-day non-compete clause within WWE, with WWE, which would expire on Tuesday, August 31st. He has talked about potential post-WWE matchups and seems excited for his future. I believe he was just announced for the big event in Long Island, New York, which is an autograph signing as his first post-WWE appearance. Uh, Dr. Trey, I mean, I don't remember a time talking about someone, at least in the history of this show, that WWE like may have cut so prematurely since Daniel Bryan back in 2010 during the Nexus angle. I would agree with WWE. I feel like they, I feel like they cut all those people last week. Uh, prematurely, especially since they were all kind of on the rise, with the exception of Santana Garrett. No disrespect to her, but at least five of those six names, Braun, Alistair Black, um, Ruby Riot, Lana, Buddy Murphy, like those, all five of those people had very bright futures, were hard workers, well-liked by the fans, probably all cut prematurely, but when it comes to Alistair Black, totally agree. 
they've missed the boat with him since he came from NXT to uh, the, the, quote, main roster. Your thoughts here. Uh, is there a possibility that we see Alsha Black in a WWE ring soon? Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised because I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like to me, all those cuts were shocking. Even Santana Garrett because she had been really good at NXT as far as helping develop the younger talent, and, and she was just kind of biding her time before she got a spot on, on the bigger show. Like all those guys had potential. Like you know, like to me, it was the whole thing was shocking. But Alistair Black, I, there was nobody else really on the roster that kind of fit that gothic dark lifestyle i mean you can say the fiend but the fiend is almost i I guess undertaker-ish in the sense but you know like alger black was more ministry of darkness undertaker like just that dark gothic kind of character um and there is a market for that a lot of guys like that a lot of people like that rebellious dark side that's why it shows like you know lucifer and, and sleepy hollow you know get those nice little cult followings and his merchandise game was on point. Like, all his shirts looked fantastic. So it was surprising for them to make the move. Plus, there's nobody else on the roster that really wrestles like him either. Um, it, it, that kind of blew, blew me away. Then I also read the report that he had pitched the idea of a stable with him, The Fiend, and Finn Balor, and The Undertaker at one point as well. Like, I'm like, that would have been pretty cool. I mean, maybe not Undertaker as he's retired, but, you know, you pair Balor and Black together with The Fiend as the center point and, like, a you know, new version of the ministry in a way like that would have been cool. So plus there's also the uh, rumors that, you know, Zelina Vega was on the comeback. So if they're thinking about bringing Zelina back, then why not bring Alistair Black as, or Alistair Black back as well? I now see how tricky that is to say, by the way. <laughs> it, it is. It's difficult. Uh, Alistair Black back in WWE, uh, which recently released or departed WWE star. Let's say from the last three years since AEW has been around. Did you wish had a do over in WWE? Some names include John Moxley, Miro, known in WWE as Rusev, Andrade El Idolo, Andrade Cien Almas, who now has since debuted in AEW this past Friday, the Good Brothers Luke Gallows and Cal, uh, Carl Anderson. Braun Strowman, Buddy Murphy, Serena Deeb. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Buddy Murphy, Lana, um, Zack Ryder, uh, Kurt Hawkins. Like, which recently released or departed WWE star from the last three years do you feel like should have a – who would you like to see have a do-over in WWE? Uh, Caesar Bonani. No, I don't. Hey, you know, at one time he won the NXT Breakout Star of the Year during their awards. Yeah, I mean, you think of like him and Ty Conti, how how far they you know kind of progress on. AEW. Ty Conti's done a great job in AEW. Props to her. Way better than I ever visited. but yeah, to me it's, um, uh, to me, uh, Alistair Black's top of my list. The Good Brothers, if they had actually done a full like Bullet Club reunion, I mean, on WWE TV, I thought that would have been fantastic. I mean, they're one of the best tag teams in the world, and never really capitalized. I mean, we never really got a great. Good Brothers versus uh, Revival Feud in WWE. We had like a little short mini one, but like you know, a two three month feud would have been fantastic for those guys. Um, but Alistair Black, I just think you could have done so much more with him uh, because character wise, he's so different than just about everybody else in wrestling. Like nobody else pulls that gimmick off the way he does. Um, and that run he had in NXT was fantastic. I mean. To me, I guess maybe I can go back to the debut on Raw when they started putting the sound effects into his entrance. We were like, 
Yeah, you don't need that. Like that just it's it's when it came to the main roster, they started cheesing it up. Like I, I never thought the pairing with Ricochet made sense. You add in the sound effects, and then like he just never got really a great push other than that short time that Heyman was there. And really, if you look at the people that Heyman was pushing, they're all gone. Like it's it's black, you know. Other than other than Humberto Carrillo and maybe on and uh, Angel Garza. But, I mean, Austin Theory's all the way down to the bottom of NXT now. That was a Paul Heyman guy. Alistair Black, Andrade, Braun, like, all those guys. Buddy Murphy was one of his guys. Like, all those guys that Heyman was pushing, uh, it seems like WWE's like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of all those guys because we don't have anything for them because we don't book this show the way that Heyman was booking it. Yeah, and which was a concern when uh, when Heyman left Raw or was removed from that position that there were going to be stars that were just going to completely fade away. And we've seen with Humberto Carrillo. Apollo Crews was in that list and now has since regained some form over on SmackDown. Uh, Carrillo has had a little bit of a program with Sheamus lately, but Alistair Black was certainly one of those guys that at one point, I guess, was poised to become the United States champion on the Raw brand as well. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, everything that, that happened there with Alistair Black. I, I, I'm going to have two two names here, and I think one is going to be pretty obscure and then the other one's going to be very easy to remember. And Dr. Trey, you know, you casually mentioned them, but the Revival, to me, could have been one of the best WWE tag teams over the last de- decade if they were booked correctly and utilized correctly to all of their strength. And then secondly, here, from an obscure point, because she never really got a shot, she was performing on NXT UK for a little bit, then went away, was performing on NXT here and there, was doing some stuff on main event before she was was let go, uh, and was poised to debut on the Raw roster. And I feel like since she is since she has last left WWE, is in the discussion as one of the top female workers in all professional wrestling right now. And that is the current Impact Women's Champion Deanna Perrazzo. I think if WWE utilized her correctly, the stuff that you're seeing with her right now in Impact could have been the same thing in NXT as well, Doctor Trey. Yeah, I mean, she's fantastic. I, I love Deanna Perrazzo. She's a joy to watch. And, and once again, you, you you look at the way she wrestles, and you can probably say the only other person on the on the Raw roster, I mean, on, in WWE that wrestles like her, maybe in Italia, from a technical submission kind of standpoint. Uh, Shane has more power than anything else. Uh, but, I mean, she's like a female Bret Hart in a lot of ways, in, her, in the way she puts her matches together and everything else. So, uh, yeah, if utilized correctly, she should have been fantastic. Um, you know, and, and like you said, like the revival, I have a hard time when it comes to WWE and tag teams. Like they, they just butcher tag teams unless you can, you know, sell a ton of merchandise or, or really, you know, just outlast everybody else and keep your mouth shut. They just really don't do good with tag teams. I mean, the Usos and the New Day are kind of the exception because you never hear Jimmy and Jay chirp at how they're being booked in WWE and the, and, and the New Day, you know, they're, they're just so charismatic that they kind of over or outshine any of their tag teams in a lot of ways. Everything else just kind of feels like mismatched pairings, whether it's like Rude and Ziggler. I mean, the Viking Raiders at times get a push, and then there's an injury, and then they kind of come back. You know, but now, I mean, you look at right now, you're like almost or an AJ or your Raw Tag Champions, like, I don't think at any point in my life I would have said, I want to see those two guys be a tag team and be on top of the division. They just don't do good with tag teams, especially that those guys that want to be tag team wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would make the case that I think the SmackDown tag team division has been very, very good lately. 
Uh, Raw is a little bit of a cluster. Uh, it's more about teams that uh, are odd pairings than they are those that are consistent pairings. Uh, I do think tag team wrestling, surprisingly on Raw and SmackDown, has, has improved. While NXT, I thought, was on the verge of breaking out and is kind of flatlined a little bit since after that that push of like Grizzly Young Veterans, Ciampa and Thatcher, um, uh, Imperium, Legato Del Fantasma, MSK. It's like, oh, we've got something here. Breezango, uh, Ever Rise, Bollywood Boys, whatever you want to throw in there. It's like, okay, we've got something there. And then they've flatlined over the last week or a month, I should say, headed into In Your House 2021. Um, but interesting point there about the tag team division in regards to the revival. I just always felt like that that is such a throwback tag team that they could have been that Hardys, Dudley Boys, Edging Christian face of the division that we've been missing for a long time since probably just at this point it's been like New Day and Usos for the most part. Um, of the names of people who have been released or part of WWE, who do you not want to see back in the company? Like who stands out to you? For me, it's possibly and this is painful to see because i'm a sucker for reunions but john moxley is probably much better in aw than he would be in wwe ever again yeah i mean still seeing him get back in the ring like a shield reunion at some point five years from now you and you know damn well you and i would both go that was fantastic we loved every minute of it It absolutely um but you know i mean uh, I mean, I don't know if I ever want to see Jericho back in WWE. Like, there's part of me that does, but I like Jericho now in AEW. So, um, oh, maybe it's Braun. I just I never got on the Braun train, so I don't know what else where else he would go. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he will be back in WWE. You know, before too long. I, I, to me, this was more of a shot across the bow, wake up call type move for them for him. Um, but I've just never been a big Braun guy, so it's kind of hard for me to get back on the Braun train, uh, you know, if, if, if and when he gets brought back. Yeah, I'm surprised that Dr. Trey, not a fan of the Stroman Express. It's been like one of those things forever. As, well, as long as I've been banging on the drum of like Braun Stroman, Braun Stroman, Braun Stroman, Dr. Trey has definitely been in the corner of, nope, I am not a Braun Stroman guy. No, it's just to me, like for one, once again, you go into the whole, they edit in sound effects. This match. Oh, you didn't like that? I, I thought that was so natural. Oh I mean, <laughs> if he just busted out the hoe train, you know, and literally did the whole choo-choo before he did it. But I, to Braun, to me, I, and, I, and I don't want to blame Braun. I, I think it is the way he gets booked at his entire run is just when you think, okay, this is, a, this is like the next Kane, the next monster. Then they start having him talk and cut funny promos or be silly or do something weird. And then it's like when he's a baby face, they book him like he's a heel. When he's a heel, they book him like he's a baby face. It's like, no, you, if you're a baby face, show me weakness. If you're a heel, show me strength. And it's just they don't really ever seem to put that together with and – and it's most of, their, most of their oversized giants. They always have an issue with booking correctly, whether it's Braun or Big Show before him. Like the exceptions were guys like Taker and Kane. But, you know, regular, you know, normal, I say regular, but like the big guys in general, they don't know how to book it properly because in theory, a guy like Braun should be able to crush everybody on the roster, but yet he'll have a hard time beating, you know, Finn Balor or, you know, somebody way smaller than that. And they don't, they just never set it up right for me. Uh, Dr. Trey, but before we get into our next story here real quick, uh, is it a good thing that you and I have not had any complaints about Jimmy Smith two weeks in on Raw yet? 
Uh, yeah, because that to me, announcers should be like referees in sports. You know, the good ones you never hear anything about. They just come in, they do their job. It's really well done. It's always the bad ones that we chirp about. Uh, so I think Jimmy Smith's been fine. I think they've done a good job as not always like shoving him down our throat as he's the lead announcer. Like the last couple of Raws, I think Corey Graves has kind of done the intro to Raw. Like the first opening lines are coming from Graves. Um, so I kind of like the way they're transitioning him in, but the guy knows wrestling at least. So he's not screwing up the moves. He's not screwing up the names. And that's all fans want. We just want a guy who's doing the announcing that seems like he's actually a fan of what he's calling. All right, let's get into the next story here, an update here on the WWE New Japan Pro Wrestling Talks from Wrestling Inc. WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan was not the first one in the company to bring up a possible working relationship with New Japan, according to an update from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. The Observer reports that people close to the negotiations say this was not Khan's idea at first, but he was he has been WWE's point man in the talks as of late. There are those who believe Khan was recommended to WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon to pursue a potential deal. It was noted that the deal discussed is more likely related to NXT and not a situation where top New Japan stars will be brought to WWE to lose to top WWE stars and vice versa or some of the wild speculation from social media over the past week. Regarding Daniel Bryan, the new report says he was absolutely part of the early talks between WWE and New Japan, but that has not been the case as of late, at least not as the major aspect of the talks. One source noted that Braun's uh, Brian's potential involvement has not been a part of any recent discussions. New Japan officials will not agree to any deal unless they feel like it's extremely beneficial to them. It was known that WWE has tried to talk to them in the past and the talks have gone nowhere, but the real difference here is that Khan has never been involved until now. It was also said that these talks could very well get as about about as far as WWE's talks to purchase pro wrestling. Noah, Stardom, Big Japan, Dragon Gate, and AAA did, which all ended with no deal in place. New Japan currently has working relationships with AEW, Impact Wrestling, and AAA. An exclusive deal with WWE would prevent AEW and Impact from working with the top Japanese promotion. AEW President Tony Khan recently cut his Twitter promo on Nick Khan and the WWE New Japan talks, and speculation is that Tony would not have cut that promo if he thought a WWE New Japan deal was happening anytime soon. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on the update between the WWE New Japan Pro Wrestling Talks. To me, it still feels like it's much as a pipe dream as anything that is potentially ever going to happen. Yeah, because to me, like the, the line in there you mentioned where New Japan is not going to do anything that's extremely beneficial to New Japan. They don't have to pursue this. This is WWE trying to increase their footprint in the Pacific Rim. And if I'm New Japan, and I already got a deal with me, you know, arguably the hottest company going in, in AEW. And so working agreements with AAA, with Impact, like my stars can get out and be seen if they want to. So unless WWE is coming to me and basically, you know, giving me everything I asked for, what's the upside? Like, yeah, you get a little bit more exposure, maybe. I mean, I guess, I mean, actually, TBS and TNT are seen in more homes than USA. So you're not getting that much more exposure. You're getting the more you know exposure from Fox if you ever do a deal with SmackDown. But you know, to me, the upside it would be more for WWE to pursue them to get in that footprint more into you know into Asia without having to start up an NXT brand. And that might be what they're trying to leverage is like, hey, either work with us or we'll just start our own company up here. You saw what we did in the UK. We could do the same thing here. So there is kind of a, a lack of a better term, a penis measuring contest probably going on 
uh, between these two companies saying that you need us more than we need you and vice versa. But really, it just comes like to me, if I'm New Japan, I, I don't need you right now. We're good. We survived the pandemic without really running shows. We're in a good spot right now. We don't need you. You need us more. As a wrestling fan, what partnership would you like to see from New Japan, if at all? It seems to me that you don't think New Japan needs any type of partnership here in the United States. Um, but if you had to choose one, what would you pick? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying what I was saying was they don't need the WWE partnership because they have the partnerships with everybody else. So they're still, getting, you know, if they if they really wanted to get their guys out and get some American exposure, they have avenues to approach it. Would I love to see a New Japan WWE deal? Absolutely, because even if they put, even if you put the New Japan guys in NXT, I mean, Kazuchi Okada versus Karrion Cross, like I'd love that. You know, Kota Ibushi, uh, those guys, the, the, the Gorillas of Destiny fighting, you know, Ciampa and Thatcher, that, that'd be fantastic. I'd also love to see them work the main roster guys. Um, that would be a dream pairing. But if I'm New Japan, I don't need it because I have these other avenues that I already have in place to get exposure. I mean, if, if they really wanted to get Wrestle Kingdom over coming up in January, you throw Okada and Ibushi and some of those guys out there on AEW Dynamite, Oh, it's going to blow up the internet, and everybody's going to dial in to watch Wrestle Kingdom. So they don't they don't need WWE maybe as bad as they did three or four years ago for exposure because t- I mean especially with Dynamite going to TBS, I mean and then you know the second show starting up like there there's plenty of TV time in AEW to get you know New Japan guys exposure if New Japan wants to go that route. Yeah, it, you know the, actually to these this report here, I felt like the NXT part of this did make a lot of sense. But if I'm looking at this from New Japan's perspe- perspective, it's like what you said, Dr. Trey. There's more benefit in partnering up with AEW and dealing with their top stars than, say, NXT, WWE's developmental brand, and partnering up with their top stars. No offense Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Karrion Cross, Pete Dunne, all the guys here in the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa that are involved in, in the NXT brand. But I would prefer to see uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Roman Reigns than I would Kazuchika Okada versus Kyle O'Reilly, which has been more like New Japan's MO over the last several years with like ROH in the past and the AEWs of the world. So everything here is, I just don't see it happening. I I would love to see Roman Reigns versus Kazuchika Okada, but I think if you're Vince McMahon, Dr. Trey, he's probably thinking, and rightfully so, that if they brought Kazuchika Okada over to work SummerSlam this summer and put him in a high-profile match against Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and whoever you want to say, John Cena, that for their fan base, it wouldn't make any sense at all. There would be no like excitement. It would just be for the hardcore fans. So it, it would make no sense for WWE. I, I just can't see a... WWE ever partnering with New Japan because it's just not their business style. I know WWE is trying to be a little bit more open, but they're being more open with NXT. With NXT and Evolve, that partnership previously, like that's what they're trying to do. It's not Raw and SmackDown, it's NXT. So I I don't know. I, I, I think New Japan's move, I agree with you, is more with AEW and Impact Wrestling than anything. Yeah, I mean, if if New Japan says, hey, we'd love to do this, but we want Okada versus Reigns. Uh, you could pull this off because you have guys like Hulk Hogan, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles who have held you know, the IWGP championship. 
and you start throwing that footage up on SmackDown heading into SummerSlam and build up the prestige of what it means to be the top guy in New Japan, then those fans are going to get interested. And that's all you really need. Then you have a couple of decent, like, you know, physical pull-aparts, and the fans buy into that. So it's not impossible. Uh, It just takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, and I think that's one thing WWE's been kind of lacking over the last few months when it comes to storylines is outside of, you know, a few top guys, everything else in the middle is just kind of falling apart. I just don't think there's a lot of emphasis put on building stuff right now. So I think that's, that's what it would take to actually build up a guy like Okada to the eyes of the casual fan. Like, this guy's beat everybody. You know, he's the equivalent of what John Cena's been. Here's how many times he's held this belt. This belt's been held by AJ, Brock, Hogan, you know, every legend that's, you know, everybody that's ever had a Legends deal in WWE, you can throw that on TV. So that does increase the prestige of it going in, but it would just take a lot of effort and a lot of buildup to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, look at how they handled Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, enough said there. I mean, they gave him an opportunity coming out of NXT when he was potentially the hottest and most popular NXT champion uh, ever. That Shinsuke era was incredible in NXT, and he comes over to the main roster, wins the Royal Rumble, and and possibly outside of the Drew McIntyre Rumble, win one of the best Royal Rumble matches we've ever seen, most surprising. He gets a main event match at WrestleMania with, with AJ Styles. And uh, depending on how you look at it, uh, WWE dropped the ball, Nakamura dropped the ball, and then Nakamura is uh, like intermittently used on television from that point forward. So uh, I just don't have high hopes for WWE to properly uh, utilize a New Japan partnership from a Raw and SmackDown level versus an NXT, which then if you look at NXT, no disrespect, uh, AEW is the way to go for New Japan. It would just make better business sense for them, and it's the right fan base for what they're trying to look for here in the United States. Uh, Speaking of NXT, this Sunday is the second installment of NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. We will preview and predict this Sunday's pay-per-view on Peacock Television. Dr. Trey, let's get into it here. I'm surprised this is on the card for NXT TakeOver In Your House house because I feel like there's been better uh, feuds being built up on NXT Television each week than this one. However, we're getting it on there. Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. This is a tough one to pick. I have a feeling Mercedes Martinez is heading back to Raw and SmackDown, so I'm going to take Zia Lee in this one. Uh, I'm going to take Zia Lee because uh, I play WWE Supercard on my phone, and my Zia Lee card is the highest rated female card I have right now. So I'll take Zia Lee for that so, tie in. Wait, so if she wins, does it like give you more points or something? I don't know how no, this works. No, no it's, it's basically kind of like just you collect cards and power them up and then the cards fight other cards that in, in you know it's just that she's I have no allegiance to this match at all I was just trying to come up with a rationale to why because you think Xia Lee uh, and she her card's the highest rated female card in my deck so I'll take Xia Lee alright next match here is Bronson Reed and MSK defending the NXT North American Championship and NXT Tag Team Championship against Legato Del Fantasma in her winner takes all six man tag team match uh, Dr. Trey, this is an interesting twist. Is this like something that you would book in WWF No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000 on your video game system? And here it is playing out for the very first time that I could think of on actual uh, wrestling television. With that said, I'm going to go with Legato Del Fantasma to win the NXT North American Championship and NXT Tag Team Championship. That's interesting. To me, this is uh, something Vince Russo booked in WCW in 2000. So this is just kind of one of those... 
ideas. I, I, and I'm not opposed to it. It's nice and to see them try to do something different. Um, just because I'm losing to you right now in the predictions, I will take MSK and Bronson Reed because Bronson just got the North American title, and they typically don't do quick title changes with that belt. Uh, we've seen it once with, uh, I think it was Gargano that lost, like won it and then lost really quick, or it was Velveteen, I can't remember. Uh, but I'll take I'll take Bronson Reed and MSK because those are my dudes. All right, yeah, this is, that's a tough one to choose. I, I like the stipulation, but another tough match to choose. Actually, most of these matches I felt like was kind of hard to uh, predict this Sunday, which is a good thing for the card going into it. Props to what NXT is doing right now. Uh, next match, match here is the ladder match for the vacant million-dollar championship. I've really enjoyed this feud. Cameron Grimes taking on L.A. Knight. My heart wants to take Cameron Grimes, Dr. Trey, but my head is saying L.A. Knight. He's the guy that fits the million-dollar uh, man stereotype the best. So I'm going to go with L.A. Knight getting the win and becoming the new million-dollar champion. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I will say this. At times, when you're watching L.A. Knight, does he not kind of remind you of, like, stunning Steve Austin heading into uh, Million Dollar Champion, uh, the ringmaster at times? Not, not, yes. like, not in bad gimmick, but just the way he presents himself, yes. the way he moves. It's very, very similar. So um, I'm taking L.A. Knight, although maybe the worst name currently going in WWE. Uh- I was literally just going to say that, and and so much so that for the first time I noticed on NXT television this past week that his graphic as he's coming down to the ring is a knight's head, and then like they have the top of the knight's head is like open, and it just says LA, like it's an awful minor league logo from like a baseball team. Like, why would you name someone LA Knight? Well, that, and I keep getting confused. I'm like, going, wait, was British Knight the shoe company and then L.A. Gear? So did they just, like, find some shoes laying around a thrift store? Like, uh, hey, that'd be a great name. And then we can just give them black and silver, like the L.A. Kings, and call so, them L.A. Knight. It's, it's so it's bad. Good. It's such a bad name. Like, I, I guess, it, and he's not even doing the Eli Drake thing like he would do, right? I mean, he's is he doing the, the same cadence with L.A. Knight? did early on i haven't really paid attention to the last couple of weeks but i know his first couple of interviews uh back backstage he did the la night you know so but yeah it's just like it, i think probably is also i don't know any human being named la <laughs> so like that's just to me like you still want to have a name that sounds like a real person's name at times and i don't know anybody Outside, like, well, no, Carmelo Anthony's wife is named La La. Wow. L.A. So, yeah. I think that may be her, like, a nickname, I hope. I don't know enough I about La La. Yeah. Anyway, worst like name in professional wrestling right now. Eli Drake wasn't as, it wasn't that good either. It was, like, something that was, like, a creative wrestler name. But L.A. Knight, wow. What are we thinking here, folks? Uh, next match for the NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez defends against Ember Moon. I like this matchup. But uh, I'm going to go with Raquel Gonzalez to get the victory. This is probably the easiest match from my perspective to uh, to predict here, Dr. Trey. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you. I'm just waiting for the Dakota Kai heel turn. Or not oh, not yeah. heel turn, but turn Raquel face, a la Diesel, Shawn Michaels. I just kind of feel like they're going to go that way at some point. Well, if that's the case, Dakota helps Raquel get the win and then starts bothering Raquel about, well, you're not you know, raising your champions because of me. Uh, but yeah, I'll take Raquel Gonzalez as well. Ember has been fantastic though. Like, her aggression now in NXT is fantastic. It's just I just love how much she's got, how much better she's gotten since coming back to NXT. But 
Raquel's a monster and, and deserves a long, you know, deserves a decent long run here. Yeah, and and Ember Moon is like really, uh, she just looks rejuvenated to me yeah. uh, since she returning, which has been great. You think, yeah, she looks happy. Yeah. So it, it's, it's cool to see. Happy to have her back out there. Uh, next match here is the fatal five way match for the NXT Championship: Karrion Cross defense against Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Uh, Dr. Trey, this is a tough one to call, but I have a feeling that they're doing the Fatal 5-Way match because they want Karrion Cross to drop the title without actually losing and having him go to the main roster here. Uh, it's always been said that his time in NXT was going to be short. I think the separated shoulder obviously pushed his timeline out a little bit longer. And even since winning the NXT championship, I felt like he's just been on, uh, for uh, no pun intended, uh, on borrowed time in NXT TikTok. Um... So I think this match is is. The there. You like the analogy there? I think this match has been created to protect him, and and he will not drop the title, and he'll go off to Raw and SmackDown, and and have a lustrous career, I imagine, because he's like the closest thing that I think is a Vince character in NXT than we've seen in a long time. So with that said, I feel like everything is pointing back to Adam Cole, baby, to be the NXT champion. Therefore, I'm going to take Adam Cole to win and become the new NXT champion once again. I'm with you on that. Like I, to me, this if the only way this would have been more of a Vince match, if they had brought back the actual championship scramble match from like 05, I think it was, where Brian Kendrick was technically world champion for about eight minutes or something like that. Um, but yeah, this is a way to protect Karrion without actually having him lose uh, and move him up to the main roster. Cause, and then, this is once again. You go back to the Alistair Black release. How great would it be with the entrances for Alistair Black versus Karrion Cross on the main roster? Fantastic. Um, but I, I, I'm going to take Kyle O'Reilly uh, and let Adam face him for the belt. So I'll take O'Reilly in the way of being your new WWE NXT champion. So there you go. That is our NXT Takeover in Your House 2021 preview and predictions. We will recap it on next week's edition of SRTU. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy In Your House 2021 this Sunday on Peacock or the WWE Network elsewhere, not in the United States. That still has to launch it on Peacock. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us come the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Hey, quick question. When did you say, what date did you say SummerSlam was? Uh, August 20th? Oh, okay. Because July 24th is the Tyson Fury fight in Vegas. So. Oh, okay. So uh, it's not that one. I, yeah. So I, just, I just looked that up a little bit ago. But, yeah, like, it's August 21st, by the way. Okay. So like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. Well, I will not talk boxing with you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling on the Facebook. Rocket City Championship Wrestling uh, this week, or this past uh, Saturday. I got to be on color commentary. So now in Rocket City, I have been a manager, a general manager, a ring announcer, and now commentary. The only thing I haven't done yet has been a referee. So I'm sure that's coming at some point. But if you want to listen to me on commentary and tell horrible jokes, 
It's on the Rocket City Facebook page, and then I will also share it to the SRTU page, or SRTU page as well. Yeah, please do that. Facebook.com slash it's a real toy show. Um, can, are you doing commentary anytime soon? Uh, I'm not sure. I did this week because the, uh, the regular uh, color commentary guy couldn't make it to the show. And so they, the, the guy that runs our commentary team was like, hey, do you want to jump on commentary? So I parked Sammy in his stroller right next to me at the commentary table and uh, did commentary. It was, it was fun. Uh, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't done commentary in about six years. So it was the first time being behind the mic and uh, actually doing the commentary, putting in the a little bit Jerry Lawler jokes in there, and then also telling the story to, uh, to the fans who maybe have never seen the Rockets Speed show. All right, so in this comment section on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash show, leave comments of little subtle things that you want to be uh, said from the show uh, that yes. is just SRTU-related. So until then, until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Stay safe. This is the Storyota Show. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.